Hello guys, welcome to the Hanjam Ram Show, episode 5. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened to the previous episodes. Had some amazing feedback about Kieran's episode last week. If you haven't listened to that already, go check it out. It's really powerful and insightful. Before we get into the conversation this week, I just want to take a moment to talk to you one-on-one. And to my friends who are black, or if you are a person of colour, I have been listening and I hear your exhaustion. It's not your job to educate us, but I see that happening everywhere I turn. And I can only imagine it's taking its toll also with all of the evidence of racist violence being shown and discussed every waking moment. And to all my white friends who are listening, do not stop. Do not slow down. Please continue your journey of unlearning. And remember that listening and learning is not enough. We have to make change through action. I look at this as a constant self-improvement journey and it's all about having the humility to keep on unlearning. I've been trying to understand the experience of racism since I was a teenager and I'm still constantly realising that maybe the thing I said before was problematic or I didn't reflect on how that was experienced for someone from a different race than me. I am striving to hold myself accountable. I believe that's a huge part of the process, admitting where I messed up, learning from it, not repeating it. And just because we care, it doesn't mean that we are exempt from reflecting and doing better. We need to be the ones on the front line. I'm still learning every day myself, but I'm also working on an unlearning strategy to share with you very soon. I've been having lots of incredible conversations through my DMs on Instagram. If there's anything specific that you are confused about or that you want to know more about and you feel shy asking someone, you're so welcome to talk to me about it. I am here. I am ready to have those conversations and I would love to hear from you. Given this revolution taking place, There are a lot of hateful people revolting against the progress we seek to make. In fact, I had one trying to blow up my DMs telling me how much of a scumbag I am. And that was the lighter version. So, you know, it's happening in every little crevice of the internet and unfortunately in real life. You know, the threat of COVID is not over. We have to deal with our politicians saying patronising and hurtful things publicly. Lord only knows what they are saying privately. My point is it's a lot to handle. So I invite you to be very wary of overwhelm and to take care of yourselves and one another. On that note, I think this episode that you're tuning into is the perfect conversation for right now. My incredible guest, Tiwa Lola Ogunlesi, will make you aware that your worth is intrinsic. Do not question your worthiness or Tiwa will be after you, trust me. This is an empowering episode that is so needed. A quick side note that we actually recorded this before the protests began much earlier on in lockdown. 
Also, just to let you know that I will put in the show notes all of Tiwa's social media and also link to her new podcast. Now, before we dive in, I want to just quickly tell you a little bit about what Tiwa is offering the world. She is a life coach specialising in positive psychology and the founder of Confident and Killing It, which is a community that wakes women up to their worth so they can be confident, unstoppable and dare to live the life they truly desire. It's everything that this podcast is about. Tiwa hosts engaging talks, workshops and offers coaching sessions through which she equips women with the tools they need to overcome fear and self-doubt and learn about a success mindset. Tiwa only started Confident and Killing It in 2018 and already she's upskilled 1,400 women in London, New York and Lagos and delivered engaging experiences for brands such as Beauty Stack, UN Women UK, The Wing, Makers Academy, and the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy. This year, Tiwa took the leap to focus on confident and killing it full time. And just as she was about to start earning enough from it to stop taking from her savings, COVID hit and all the events she was due to speak at cancelled. It was a scary time to begin with, but listen on to hear how this incredible entrepreneur made lockdown work for her and work for her business. Tiwa, thank you again for being so generous with your time and your spirit. If you enjoy this conversation as much as I did having it, please rate, review, subscribe and come hit me up at Ran on Instagram. I'm here for it. Let's have those chats. Anyway, I'll stop banging on now and let you guys enjoy the real juicy bit of the episode. Welcome and thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So... This is a space where we celebrate stepping out of your comfort zone and pushing boundaries and acting audaciously to make positive change. And I really want to help progress the radical self-acceptance revolution, which is why I'm so excited to have you with us, because this is really the message that you're pushing in such an incredible way. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a self-love revolution. Like we need to get the whole world together in it. And I love when I see other women also rising up to, to do the same because you can't start a revolution on your own. Right. No, (laughs) we need to work together and collaborate. So, um, I loved hearing about the work that you are doing and I'm super excited by all the great things you're going to bring to the world as well. Thank you. That's very kind. (laughs) Well, it looks like you've been super super busy and seizing every opportunity during lockdown but I've seen you also talk about productivity guilt on your Instagram and I know a lot of people are feeling like a lot of pressure that they're supposed to suddenly be incredible at making banana bread and also starting a a whole new business and you know there's like I I feel a bit of an air of competitiveness on social media How have you been handling that? And also you have literally achieved so, so much already and clearly are very productive. So I'm curious how you maintain that productivity. Yeah, so I think you have to define productivity on your own terms. So Mm. I've spoken a lot about productivity guilds because 
we always base our accomplishments and our achievements and things that are important to us based off what society says. Um, Mm. And so actually I decided to define productivity on my own terms and, and my definition of productivity. And I think this is actually what we should all use is spending time doing what matters to you. Yeah. Doing what matters to you looks like different things to different people. Um, For some people, productivity looks like um, rest and relaxation and eating yummy Mm. food and, um, you know, taking time out. And for other people, it looks like working hard on your business and, and running new events and doing online courses figure out what matters to you and do that. That is how you reconnect with yourself and get into the flow of things. So for me, I think a bubble bath is productive. Of course it is, because it's rest. Like rest is productive. So I don't need to feel guilty when I decide, oh, I'm not checking my emails today. I'm going to rest and eat some food and drink some nice wine because that is important to me just as much as, you know, getting on a webinar and, and sending emails and running workshops, me having Tiwa time, taking time to rest and be myself and just relax, I think is just as um, important as sending a bunch of emails. And if you think about it, like, what good is it to send 20 emails in a day that you don't care about? Yeah. Or to sit in a meeting that you don't care about at all? right? That's not productive. Mm. So you've got to check yourself, like what is important to you? What matters? And how are you spending your time? It's so interesting. Just while I'm listening to you, like I've been furloughed during lockdown, which is why I've had the time to invest in doing the podcast, which is something I've been dreaming about for literally like two years. And this has been the first opportunity I've had. So I'm actually really grateful and feel very privileged that I'm in this position but I I'm such a list maker like I'm always I'm always doing something but I will put stuff like a bubble bath on my to-do list (laughs) I definitely count it as productive but I find it hilarious how I have to sort of make it regimental everything I'm doing (laughs) yeah because if it's important, it deserves to be on your calendar like everything else is, mm. right? So I actually have Tiwa time blocked out in my calendar because- oh, I love that. Yeah, because if it's important, it deserves to be on the agenda because mm. when it isn't on your calendar, you get so distracted by other things and other things on your to-do list that it doesn't become a priority. So actually, I don't think it's weird at all that self-care should is like, in your diary because why not you know it's important definitely so I've given a little background to confident and killing it in the intro but would you like to talk a bit about your message and why you've created this educational and empowering space Yeah, absolutely. So Confident and Killing It is a self-love revolution that wakes women up to their worth so they can be confident, unstoppable, and really just live the life that they truly desire. Mm. So I, um, how I started was because I was working as a youth leader and I was working with a group of teenage girls and I asked them to tell me what they wanted to get out of in life and they all wrote it down on a piece of paper. When I got home, I looked at their pieces of paper and every single one of them, one way or the other, had written something about wanting to be more confident and loving themselves. 
Mm. And it literally broke my heart because I was like, I remember when I was 16 and I didn't love myself. And it's like, here we are again, generation after generation of women growing up, not loving who they are and what they look like. And I said, enough is enough, you know? Like we can't keep living like this. Um, And so I said, you know, I've seen a lot of women let fear and insecurity get in the way of them achieving their goals. And women have so much to bring to the world. It would be such a tragedy if we didn't deal with our fear and our imposter syndrome and we kept pushing all our amazing ideas to the back burner. Yeah. I started off making videos on Instagram just about how important it is to love and believe in yourself. And doing that kind of one thing led to another. I started getting loads of DMs from girls and from women saying my content really helped them. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe I should just keep going. And I kept going and I just kept making video after video. And then I said, oh, let me try an event and see if that works out. And it did. And then I just kept going and going. And And now I am where I am, you know, and I've now quit my full-time job in December of 2019 to run Confident and Killing It full-time because I know it has so much potential to set so many women free. And that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see women winning. I want to see women free of fear and taking action on their dreams and bringing their dreams to life and not being afraid to talk about themselves and put themselves out there. Well, congratulations for one. That's awesome that you've got to this position. I feel like some women are actually scared of confidence. Like they'll really confuse Mm -hmm. self-esteem and ego and kind of sadly try and tear women down. And they they use words like cocky or arrogant. And I, Mm. I mean, I've experienced that, but I feel... I'm I'm aware that it's often just because a mirror is being held up to their own insecurity. So it all stems back to that original issue that you just talked about with mm-hmm. the teenage girls. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's almost a whole nother hurdle to to cross as a woman, to, to think that you're allowed to love yourself. Like, I remember spe- specifically one example, I was at a friend's um, Hindu. And so it was just girls, all of us just like running around playing silly games outdoors in the sunshine. And I was wearing quite short shorts and someone was just like, how do you have the confidence to wear them? And she wasn't trying to say that I didn't look good, Mm -hmm. but she was like, I couldn't. And it was almost as though there was some sort of self-identity involved in her lack of confidence Mm. because we're so we're fed that almost every angle in from society and yeah I just there's this whole story we're told that women are not confident almost yeah if you look at the media look at advertising we need this cream to be confident we need this Mm. if you put on red lipstick and walk out the house (laughs) no that's what we see all the time you need to get your hair washed with this shampoo because this is what gives you the confidence you need or this deodorant and it always puts our confidence on external things get the cream, get this, buy that, eat this food, drink this tea, and then you will be. That's the narrative. So we've grown up thinking, oh, I need this, this, and this, and this, this, then I'll be confident. But the thing is, it's a lie. Your eye cream Mm. does not make you more confident. Your red lipstick does not make you more confident if you do not already have a certain level of confidence within you. So really, we should be going back to 
the core of who we are. What do you love about yourself? What's good about you? What are some positive things about you? That's the only way we can begin to change this narrative because capitalism thrives off women being insane. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah. These brand and, and advertising agencies, they are the ones who create the narrative in society. It's crazy. And they're all run by men. Yeah. So we can't just look, sit back and be like, oh, that's just how it, it, it is. No, the society we live in right now has been orchestrated. Totally. That's why we say loving yourself is a form of activism. Yeah. It's like the rebellion in itself. Exactly. Exactly. So imagine a woman has now found her worth and she's feeling she's feeling that self-love growing and maybe has uncovered a new calling that she didn't realize that she could even have the confidence to dream of before mm-hmm. what, what what advice would you give someone at that point that is is aware that there's something more that they want to give the world but they just don't know how to take that first step to making it become a reality like they're already stuck in this different career and it feels just so big and far away to take that leap into following what now feels like their true calling rather than just a nine-to-five so I think it's really important to know that your thoughts lead to your feelings and your feelings lead to the actions that you take or you don't take yeah. So positive thoughts lead to positive feelings and positive actions. Negative thoughts lead to negative feelings and bad choices like procrastination, like not taking action, like not speaking up, and then you stay in your comfort zone. So the one thing I always say to women is before you start a business, the one thing you need to know is yourself. Yeah. You need a yeah. certain level of self-awareness to really launch a successful business. Why? Because you need to know what's going on in your mind. Your mind can either empower you or sabotage you. So there's no way you can build a successful business when you have a mind that is sabotaging you. It's impossible because Mm -hmm. every single thing you want to do, your mind is going to tell you, no, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? What if they don't like it? What if no one comments on your pictures? What if no one buys your product? What if your business fails? Your mind, your our default is negativity. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? ready to tell us why we're not good enough why why things can't work why we're gonna fail you know so you need to learn to master your mind first you need to learn how to think positive things about yourself and build up that positivity once you do that then you can then go into okay what's my business what's my dream how do I make this happen but people forget how important it is to invest in themselves yeah Someone said to me this week, everything you need is already within you. Yes. You just have to dig deep. And it just like, God hit me like a wave. Yeah. I say that all the time in my masterclasses. Everything you need to win in life is already within you. You just need to be awake to it. And so that's Mm. what I teach women how to do. I teach them how to wake up to the greatness that's already within them. And then when they come to me and be like, oh my gosh, Tiwa, meeting you was life-changing. You literally changed my life, da, da, da. I'm like, honey, I didn't really have to do much. I just woke you up to what was already mm. You know? I'm Give not- them a good shake. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to fix anyone. We're not broken. We are good enough. You matter simply because you exist. Not because of how much money you have or what your business idea is or how many followers you have on Instagram. Your worth is intrinsic. 
So when you understand that nothing can take my worth away, you just begin to act differently and talk differently and walk differently Mm. and just have this intrinsic belief in yourself that you are worthy. And now it's about waking up to that worth and using it to your fullest potential. I feel everything that you're saying and I've I'm really grateful for the experiences I've been through in life as as challenging as some of them have been to lead me to a place where I do have a really solid self-esteem now but the way that you phrase everything is just it's so powerful like I'm just hearing it in a new light it's awesome oh yay (laughs) um the last book I just finished is uh called conversations with god and it says Mm. we can't know love without fear and you can basically apply that to every sort of good versus bad Mm. situation we need the yin to the yang to fully understand Mm -hmm. the positive experience Mm -hmm. and the texture of life and Mm. i've seen you talk about having to go through a trial to be resilient and having to have fear to even be brave how has that played out in your life and how have you learned this to be true So I think your biggest fears are always the exact opposite to your biggest strengths. If you think about a boxing match, heavyweights never fight lightweights. Heavyweights always go for heavyweights. And I was reading a book called The War War on Art. And it's basically about how your mind is a battlefield. And your fear is really when you feel resistance towards a goal or feel fear towards a goal, that is because you are about to do something that's about to elevate your life. Mm. Because, yeah, because your mind wants to keep you kind of comfortable in your comfort zone because it doesn't know what to expect when you put yourself out there. So its job, your brain's job is to keep you safe. Now, in the past, when we had lions and tigers to deal with, your brain made sure you did not cross a certain line, otherwise you would die and you would get eaten. Now, we don't have the fear of getting of dying and getting eaten by animals, right? We're not cavemen anymore. Now it's more like the fear of failure and shame and judgment. But that doesn't kill you. That actually makes you stronger. But your brain doesn't mm. know that. So your brain is trying to make sure you stay in your comfort zone to keep you safe at all times. But nothing amazing ever happens in your comfort zone. So when you feel resistance, it is because you're about to move from a lower sphere in life to a higher sphere in life. And for me, that was just a game changer because now every time I feel fear, I'm like, oh, I'm about to unlock something magical. And that even motivates me to dive into the fear and to push past it because I know whatever is waiting on the other side of that fear is taking my life to the next level. And that's where I want to be. Love that. I got clean and sober about over three and a half years ago. And when I was at that time, obviously there was a lot of fear going on. But I remember I made a promise to myself. I said anything that I would have ever relied on Dutch courage for, I'm now like, and I feel that sensation of fear. I'm stepping into it or jumping into it. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's ever been a scenario since I've given up all substances that's kind of, giving me a bit of an adrenaline rush or that pit in your stomach I'm I know that I have to step into it because I made myself that promise and I've had so many rewards come from that courage I mean I've got a little note I keep on my desk here that says there is no courage without vulnerability Mm. and vulnerability is something that it's funny because I think we're 
all quite afraid to get vulnerable but when someone Mm. else is vulnerable in my presence I always feel like it is such an honor Mm. and a privilege and I always thank that person for allowing me into that space within their life and I've never I've never had anyone react badly when I've been vulnerable but yet we we have these preconceived ideas that Mm -hmm. people will see I don't know a flaw or a weakness but through that vulnerability we can really get that deep human connection and I feel I feel like that's really what also fuels us and it's like a full circle that fuels our our courage yeah to keep moving forward absolutely absolutely um like I love all of Brené Brown's work but I always say there is beauty in your strengths and your struggles Mm. there is beauty in your strengths and your struggles because society makes us think that we only need to show the beauty in the strengths we only need to show the strengths and show when we're winning and show when we have everything perfect and looking together but actually people build a deeper connection with you when you're vulnerable human to human connection happens through vulnerability it doesn't only happen through oh my gosh i'm so perfect look at me it happens through like oh i'm going through a challenging situation right now but i believe i can get through it and somebody else sees that and actually is more inspired by it yeah than judges you we think people are so ready to judge but actually like you were saying vulnerability actually inspires other people to be vulnerable too Totally. I remember at high school, look, there was another girl called Hannah and she, I thought she had the perfect family. And I used to like cry to my mum like, I bet Hannah's parents don't fight and all this. Like, but, and I would, uh, and I would have this, this um, narrative in my mind, even into early adulthood, where I wished I hadn't been through what I'd been through. But if I, now I'm at a point in my life, right, I'm turning 30 this year and I'm so grateful for, as you said, all of the struggles, because without them, I wouldn't, like, one of the things I pride myself is being an empathetic person. I wouldn't have the level of empathy that I have today without having had my own struggles. And equally, I wouldn't be in a position to, I don't know, I just don't think I would have much to say on a podcast if I hadn't been through the rough stuff as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I always say that, you know, you can't be strong if you don't go through trials. Mm. You can't be resilient if you don't go through a challenge that brings that resilient out, right? We all, we all want these amazing positive characteristics, but we don't want the pain and the challenges that comes with those things to, to build them, right? Yeah. If you're a sailor, the only way you know how to navigate a storm is if you've been through one and you got out the other end and now you have the experience and the wisdom to navigate the next storm you're in. Yeah. If you only play in a paddling pool, right? When you go into the sea for the first time, you probably will drown because you've never, yeah. you know, you, you think, oh, I'm resilient in my little paddling pool where you can stand up and your feet are exactly, you know, touching the ground right? Throw yourself into the deep end and see how that works out. Yeah. We've got to understand if we want to be strong and resilient and, you know, all of these amazing things, it comes at a cost. And that Mm -hmm. is part of the journey. Life is a roller coaster. It's not a straight road. And when you understand that it goes up and it goes down and that is all part of the journey, you can let loose and relax because, you know, like it's not meant to be perfect yeah (laughs) no pain no gain yeah no pain no gain 
the connection that we can achieve sort of also elevates the positivity that we hold on a cellular level and we really need it in that deep deep way because just as we can hold that positive vibration sort of biologically we can also hold our fear and our disappointments and our negative past in in ourselves and it can just be so destructive and I mean there are some experiences that we can't help but carry in our physicality like trauma and and you know some trauma can even be passed down genetically generationally Mm. and I know that you've taught all over the world your um your seminars and your message and I I wonder if there's been a difference in the not not the stories of the struggles but like has have the insecurities presented themselves in different ways within different groups of women Mm, no actually they haven't so in my first year of doing public speaking I spoke in Lagos in Nigeria London and New York and I had a questionnaire that asked people to tell me their top three biggest insecurities because I wanted to know what people were struggling with so I could create content to support them in that yeah that they were on and across all three cities Lagos London and New York the answer was the same oh gosh what was that Insecurities was number one so not looking good enough and then just the general not being good enough. So the essence of who you are, just not being good enough. So first you have to deal with your appearance. Then you have to deal with your identity and your existence not being good enough. And then you had a big fear of the future. Those were the three biggest insecurities. Oh, wow. Across different age groups, different countries, different backgrounds. It all Appearance was the biggest number one insecurity. I was so afraid you were going to say that. It breaks my heart. Breaking. It's heartbreaking. And that's why I love accounts like Iway on Instagram. Oh my goodness. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. They're so good because the message is so powerful. Like you are more than what you weigh. Like you are more than your appearance. You weigh your knowledge, your self-esteem. You weigh your, your fearlessness, your independence, your compassion, your uniqueness. All of these things are the essence of who you are. Your weight does not determine your purpose in life, you know? Mm, And funny enough, you know, before I posted my first ever video on Instagram, I was freaking out. Like when I say freaking out, I was literally freaking out because I was like, oh, my skin isn't clear enough to be putting myself on camera. Oh my gosh, my voice. I hate the sound of my voice. It sounds so cringe. (laughs) You know, but then I had to stop myself and remember that the message in me is more important than the fear I feel. So who cares if I don't have clear skin, if I'm delivering a positive message that can change somebody's life? And funnily enough, when people watch my videos, they're not checking for whether my skin is clear or not. It's the message, it's the impact, it's the weight of what I speak about that that impacts them. You know, so I so wish uh, our, insecure, our appearance wasn't a big insecurity, but there's so many women who will never record themselves or put a video of themselves out there because they just hate the way they look. And it's yeah. sad, it really does break my heart. Yeah. I always try and tell my friends, like when you look at the people in your life that you love, you're not 
figuring out what dress size they're wearing or how much they weigh on the scales mm-hmm. to quantify how much you should love them mm-hmm. and like my sister and I have such different relationships with our bodies mm. I I mean I had an eating disorder through high school but very luckily because I know a lot of people struggle with it for a long time that hasn't been an issue for me since I was like 18 and now I will I had some serious health issues so then I my body like couldn't carry me I was in a wheelchair for a while wow so now that it works again not that it it was inferior when it when it was going through those health issues not at all it kept me alive it did what it needed to do but I just have this newfound respect for my body and now it's Mm -hmm. nothing to do with its aesthetic it's the fact that it takes me for a walk during lockdown when I need to get some fresh air for my mental health and like I look at my sister and she is a midwife for the NHS she is a active member of her church community and she is the mother of my niece and my three nephews she has four Mm -hmm. children that she's raising and she's this incredible woman and I'm like your body made four of the people that I love the most in this world (laughs) and your heart creates this safe space for so many people Mm. and how can there be anything to dislike about your entity and yet Mm -hmm. she like if I say that to her she'll I mean if she does listen to this which I assume she will she'll be cringing and (laughs) texting me like I can't believe you said that but you know I I'm in awe of her and I love her so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. not because of the dress size the label in her in her clothes you know absolutely and I had the same thing with my sister when I was younger actually because she was one of those people who could eat whatever she wanted and not gain any weight and I on the other hand I saw weight gain like I had to watch what I ate and I was like this is so unfair how is this possible that I'm here eating salads and she can eat whatever she wants and I still have to watch my weight and she just has like a super flat tummy And that was where my insecurities came from because I grew up in a really loving household and my parents always supported me, but I could not love myself because I hated my body. And I would always compare my body to my sister's body because I was like, she just has it all and it's so unfair. And when she would look at me, she wasn't thinking, oh, Tiwa doesn't have a flat tummy. She was thinking, oh, Tiwa's so amazing with the way she speaks to people. She's so confident. Mm. You know, she's really good at communicating. She's so smart at school. She gets really good grades. When my sister saw me, that is what she saw. But I was looking yeah. at myself going, oh, my legs aren't skinny enough. Oh, my tummy is not flat enough. You know, so comparison always makes you forget your own greatness. When you focus on your tummy and your thighs and cellulite and this, you forget that you have more to bring to the world than what you look like. And it's so sad, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why it's important to like, not compare yourself to other people and to look, be grateful. Like I did the exact same thing you did. I wouldn't be able to walk and get up on stage and speak if I didn't have legs. So rather yeah. than saying, oh, I hate my thighs, they're so muscly or they're this, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I have legs that can walk. And yeah. I think about, oh, you know, I used to be insecure that I sounded like a man. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so grateful that I have a voice that can deliver such a positive message and impact society in an incredible way. 
I really like the sound of your voice, <laughs> anyway. And more to the point, you have a powerful voice. <laughs> Thank you. I love it now, but I did not love it in the beginning because everyone kind of cringes at their voice um, in the early stages. But then you get used to it. And it's so funny. Yeah. People would come up to me and be like, oh, you have such a great voice. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know? But now I see it. But before, when I was younger, I couldn't see it. So I'm so happy that I started my self-love journey when I did because I would have kept a lot of my greatness locked up based on the insecurities that I had if I had not started the journey of, you know, turning my life around and, and investing in myself and my mindset. And isn't it fascinating that, nothing of you changed it was all a perception perception yeah. shift yes oh I mean so powerful it's all yeah. about perception what you believe about yourself is the foundation to every single thing that you do your mindset is so important and and, and it, it blows my mind that they don't teach anything about mindset in schools and and learning how to invest in yourself and build up your mindset. But literally you have the power of choice to decide what you want to focus on. So I made a choice to say, I'm no longer going to bash my body and I'm going to be grateful for it. And so every time I felt insecure, I made the choice not to bash my body and instead practice gratitude. We have so much power to make positive decisions and choices, but we don't. And that's why you cannot live on autopilot because if you live on autopilot, you won't even know what's going on in your mind. You've got yeah. to awake to what's going on. What narrative are you playing and how can you turn it around to be a narrative that supports you rather than a narrative that sabotages you? Yeah. Wow. Love it. For me now, I've, I'm, I don't have so much focus I try not to focus my energy on thinking even about my body to be honest mm. try and focus my energy on like you know launching the podcast and and getting the positivity in my message out there and so now it's like it's breaking those thoughts down those negative thoughts in my mind and pushing forward to be as audacious as possible and just bust through those those little voices and I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently just because I only launched it last week and the th- the voices, the mm. like personas of the voices <laughs> that were trying to wipe me out and stop me from doing this mm. were people that I don't even know anymore. They're like from way back in my past and they probably don't care what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> and it was just this like, as you were talking about that comparison, we would yeah. say compare and despair. And it's just so futile. And I was like, I literally don't even know what country they live in anymore. Like, mm. wh- why are you giving them free rent in your brain? Mm. Like, they have no place being there. Yeah. So I quickly banish that, but oh, it still happens, still creeps in. You know, it's a battle. It's a battle every single day. You're never going to be 100% confident and fit and like free of negative thoughts they are always going to be there your mind is a battlefield your positive and negative thoughts are always going to be fighting for your attention but what you have to learn to exercise is the power of choice to decide which one do you want to believe in yeah it's like working out like you've got to train your muscles so if you put the energy and you train and you grow the muscle of the positive thought then that's going to be the one that's got more power and it's gonna win yeah absolutely when you go to the gym for the first time you don't wake up the next day with abs right you have 
going and be consistent and then you get your abs. So confidence is like a health and fitness journey. It's a practice. If you don't practice confidence, you will not be confident. It's that simple. Yeah, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. I loved how you explained that while we are in physical isolation, we are not in emotional isolation. Mm. And it's so important to maintain connection. And I even throw in there that we aren't in spiritual isolation either because I, I kind of view everything in the triangle of physical, emotional and spiritual. What benefits do you see in the connecting with others to main, to change our perception of ourselves or maintain that perception? How can we support one another to really ensure we're all at that high vibration? Mm. I think we just have to show each other love. We just have to realize that we're not in a bubble and, you know, the things that we do and say affect other people. Um, and so it's about being intentional. Again, checking up on your friends, you know, messaging people, just how can you make somebody's day? What can you do that for someone? You know, how can I make someone's day today? That's something I always kind of think about, you know, what can I do to just show love um, and support somebody else? And funnily enough, the more you help other people, the more confident you feel in yourself and and the more you love yourself because you begin to see all these gifts and talents that you're using to help people that you didn't even know you had, right? Mm -hmm. I learned about my gifting through my service, through working as a youth leader in my local church. And that's how I learned that I have a gift of speech. I have a gift of encouragement. I would never have known any of those things if I didn't volunteer, if I didn't put myself out there. So I think um it's important to to make helping people and living beyond yourself a priority not only because that brings joy into the world but also because it's a way for you to discover your sense of purpose as well it's perfect I've always well not always but the last few years practiced being of service to others in and in doing so, as you said, feel better about myself and feel more well nourished. But also I then think about myself less. And they say humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Mm. I think humility plays a big role also in, in feeling mm. in living authentically and having that self-confidence. And you, you use the term bubble, which I always use to describe the my visualization of the difference between ego and self-esteem. So I always say an ego is like, it is a bubble around you and it's this really thin, shatterable glass that just like a, the tiniest wrong comment, it can completely shatter your ego and then it's crumbled and just shards of glass around your feet. Whereas the self-esteem is this beautiful, sturdy wall that you can lean on and you can rely on. And how you build your self-esteem is each time you do an esteemable action that's like mm -hmm. another brick onto the wall so every time you do something kind for someone else mm. being of service in some way you're adding another brick to that wall and and yeah increasing the strength of it that you can rely on in the future exactly I completely agree with that such a beautiful illustration thanks <laughs> feel free to borrow it um you also put on Instagram, don't let fear of judgment paralyze you. Mm. <clears throat> and we've talked a lot about um, that compare and despair, that comparison. And now we've we've come full circle to sort of shifting it just to do kind things for others and, and you'll end up feeling better for yourself. Why do you think fear of failure can be so crippling? Like 
Mm. What is it about putting ourselves out there, that vulnerability that is just so terrifying? Fear is just a negative thought of something in the future that hasn't happened yet. So the goal is to program your mind so that your default becomes positive. And when you think of your future, you look to it with optimism and confidence because you're like, actually, you know, I've been killing it. So if anything comes into the future, I'm pretty sure I'll be fine. You know? Mm, Yeah. Now, you have definitely been killing it. So I want to hear about working with Oprah. Mm. And also, if you could fill us in in exactly what um, you offer with your coaching. Mm, Yeah, for sure. So, okay, I must say I didn't work directly with Oprah. Like, I haven't met her, but I did go to her school in South Africa. So Oprah has a school in South Africa for um, teenage girls from... um, kind of like poor backgrounds and so she has created this like wellness school that is like a mixture of like wellness and education and they have like one week of like no school and just like wellness week where all they do is like yoga mindfulness and meditation like it's incredible yeah so um the story about how I got there is quite long but if I kind of give you a short version (laughs) so I was I was stuck in a job that I hated and I was just daydreaming at my desk. And I said to a friend, like, how funny would it be if I quit my job and moved to South Africa to work at Oprah school? Just as like, you know, ha ha ha, Tiwa, you're crazy. Shut up and go back to work. (laughs) And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know somebody who did that. I can introduce you to them. And I was like, what? I literally had a heart attack on my seat. I was like, you're kidding me. She's like, no, like people in America do that all the time. There's like a program where you can go and do an internship at the school. And I was like, OMG. I thought this was like my crazy idea that no one else knew about it. But meanwhile, there's a whole program that allows people to do that. So I, um, I, Uh, she introduced me to the girl and I spoke to the girl. I told her about my mission and how like, you know, I love empowering young women and I want to go to the school and, you know, maybe teach for a year or maybe teach about entrepreneurship and, and confidence and just do like soft skills kind of training. Um, And she was like, okay, sounds really cool. I'll introduce you to the headmistress. And I was like, oh my gosh, this story is getting wilder and wilder. And so she introduces me to the headmistress and I tell the headmistress about myself and what I do. And she's like, oh, this is amazing. Okay, we will review your application alongside the one other 1,000 applications that we receive (laughs) come to the school. And then I was like, OMG, who are all these random people trying to interfere with my destiny, (laughs) school and, you know, work with these girls? And I was I was just like, oh, gosh. I can't believe this. But anyways, I just thought, you know what? I've gotten this far. I'm probably going to get it, you know? Like, I, God wouldn't have let me come this far just for me to get rejected. So I had to wait a week. Like, it was the most excruciating pain waiting for them to get back to me. Um, bear in mind, the school year in South Africa starts in January. And I was emailing them in October. So I would have had, like, three months to quit my job moved to South Africa like it was just so unrealistic but I was so set on making it work 
So anyways, they come back to me and they're like, thank you so much for your proposal, but we don't like, this is not needed for us right now. It would be better if you went to other schools nearby who needed the resources. Um, but I was like, I don't want other schools. I want Oprah school. And <laughs> <laughs> my very like OCD mindset. So anyways, I didn't end up quitting my job. Um, and I didn't end up going to Oprah school in South Africa. Um, but, you know, I just kept doing my thing, which was being there for my youth every Friday, talking to them, empowering them. And then I, I carried on with my life. So I completely forgot about the whole Oprah thing. And then um, I started making videos on Instagram. I started uh, doing events in person. And I had literally just done, in the space of six weeks, an event in Lagos, London, and New York. And then, yeah, literally in the space of six weeks. And I was um, getting ready to go to work on Monday morning. And then the thought just dropped into my head saying like, hang on, you're going to South Africa on a work trip in a couple of months. Why didn't you get in touch with Oprah School again and just ask if you can just come for the day and give a talk? Like you've just been giving a talk in all these countries, just do the same talk at the school. And I was like, oh my God. But what if I get rejected again? I'm not about to get second rejection. Like, you know, and that was, that's what I was talking about. About like our immediate reaction is to think of the worst possible outcome. So I was like, okay, no, I'm going to try. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it differently this time. So I had filmed my talks in London, Lagos and New York. And so I put a video together and then I emailed the headmistress again, like, hello, remember me from last year? Like, in case you were curious about what I've been up to since we last spoke, here's a video of me traveling around the world, speaking to women, you know, encouraging them to be confident and believe in themselves. I happen to be in South Africa, um, you know, in a couple of months. I would love to just come to the school and talk to the girls. What do you think? And so I sent her this email with a video link to a, a, a video of all my talks. And she replied going, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. We would love to have you. We'll send somebody to pick you up from the airport, bring you to the school. You can have a room if you want, have lunch with the girls, da, da, da. And I literally oh. was screaming because it was exactly a year after they said no, that I reached out again with my own thing. You know, now the I yeah, rather than trying to fit into there. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, can I come to your school and teach and do this and that? I was showing up as my authentic self, which was, you know, coming in to give this talk to these girls. And that was even more beautiful to see. So sometimes rejection is a blessing in disguise. I think it's so much more cooler than I went there to give a talk under confident and killing it than going there as an intern and working at the school. It's amazing. And literally that whole story is what my podcast is about, is having the audacity to turn to your friend and say, I want to go to Oprah school and teach and put it out into the universe. And then the universe delivered. Yeah. It's so great. After seeing that, I was just like, you know what, everything, I'm going to only focus on what I want. I'm only going to focus on what I want because it makes no sense. Even in this, you know, quarantine season and lockdown, my business has grown more than it did ever. And yeah, it looks it <laughs> from an outside point of view. It looks like it's going very well in lockdown. <laughs> I made that intention in March when I was getting cancellation emails left, right and center. I said, no, this is not going to be my reality. And instead, 
I am going to focus on the outcome that I want and I want to see growth in my business. And that is what happened. So whether it's manifestation or just believing positive things for yourself, whatever it is, it works. It really works. So going on to like, you know, the coaching and things that I do. So I'm a qualified life coach and I focus on, um, I really use the science of positive psychology uh, with my clients because I never want to be seen as like a motivational speaker and like super rah-rah. Like everything I do is based on science. It's based on facts. I, in my coaching sessions, I have like a five-step program that really takes women on a journey to waking up to their greatness so that they can go out into the world and own it and kill it and be confident. And so it's all about, you know, knowing your strengths. When I ask people to tell me their strengths, they're like, ooh, strengths, whoa, uh, freak out, looking up at heaven, hoping something drops down. When I tell people to tell me their weaknesses, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm always late. I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad at that, da, 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 da. And it just rolls off their tongue. So what I do with my clients is I help them begin to reprogram their mind for positivity so that they can learn to believe in them strengths and and what they have to offer and really start coming up with a comeback to challenge their negative thoughts. It's all about knowing your strengths, mastering your mind, um, owning your accomplishments, dealing with imposter syndrome and fear and really building your personal brand so you can step out into the world and, and be your true authentic self. Love that. I came across you because I did the business summit that Sharmadine oh, yeah. um, held and I was so inspired and it was just on the cusp as I was sort of building my brand deck for the podcast and everything and yeah. that whole day was amazing. I loved it. It was. It was super incredible. I think my life will be forever changed from that day. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> so great. And then also tell us about your podcast. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So um, the Confident and Killing It podcast, and it's on all the usual um, podcasting platforms. But uh, this season, I'm really just talking about the mindset, because again, everything comes back to your mindset. So I'm talking about what is what is a confident and killing it mindset? How do you deal with fear and insecurity and negative thoughts and imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. Um that's what I'm really focusing on in this season and just taking it as it comes like I really have no clue what I'm doing but I just had it on my heart to to create a space where I could really just talk and break things down for people because I think sometimes Instagram gets a bit distracting um so I just wanted to do this podcast where people can just listen to it on the go and and be inspired and positive you know yeah um so that's kind of like my mission with the podcast. So yeah, Confident and Killing It podcast um, on any of the platforms. And yeah. I'll definitely be plugging in. I was having a huge chat with my boyfriend yesterday and we were like trying to sort of map out the next 12 months, bearing in mind there's been a global pandemic and we've no idea what's happening. <laughs> but I was like saying all these, what I consider audacious, like outrageous statements about where I'll be in 12 months, what I'll be doing in 12 months. Mm. and I'm just so set that way and wide that way that I'm just going to keep on saying it until it's true yeah, exactly. and your Oprah story is like backing me up so I'm going to tell him that <laughs> that is how you win because you never actually know who has the answers you never actually know who's ready and waiting to give you an opportunity but you need to bet on yourself first so exactly the betting on ourselves all 2020 yeah I'm with you Okay, I'll do a really quick final few questions that I ask everyone. 
so I'm going to jump into those now. The first one is, what is the first thing you do when you get up? Oh, this is bad. And I really (laughs) wish you were something else. But of course, I go on Instagram. (laughs) Makes me feel less bad. (laughs) I wish, like, I did have a period where I was like, first thing I did was go on my meditation app. But there's just something so enticing about just checking my DMs first thing in the morning. Right. I've been trying to do um, Poppy's Happy Not Perfect app and it's so gorgeous. Yes, do you know what? I'm just genuinely really forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have the best intentions. But I honestly forget and then at like 11 I'll be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I said I was going to do that. Um, okay. I've started deleting Instagram from my phone in the evening so that in the morning I'm very unlikely to download it and wait for it to load and then go on it like I'll just rather do something else so I turn my notifications off on Instagram so I have to go in it to see anything tempting um okay what action feels most like prayer to you prayer (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um so I mean I'm a Christian I'm a person of faith and I really believe in God and divine presence and and the plans he has for me and who he's created me to be and I think that does really influence my levels of confidence because I'm not just here by accident I know I'm here for a reason and for a purpose so being still enough to connect with you know the deeper purpose within me um, I'm really just when I'm speaking I feel alive like when I'm helping women Uh, let go of fear and insecurity and really step into everything that they're destined to be I think you know that is my purpose that is why God put me on this planet and so every time I do that every time I pause and and meditate on my purpose and and all the things that I've achieved you know really just connect me to this deeper sense of awesomeness really (laughs) love it it does it does when you have faith take the pressure off a bit because you're like there's a plan (laughs) There is. And and I said this in my podcast, like I had so much peace in this season because actually I can pause and look and say like something incredible is going on right now. And I want to tap into that. I don't want to be freaking out. I want to tap into the rest and actually see like, what is God doing in this season and, and be aware and awake to what's going on. So yeah, it definitely gives you less anxiety. That's for sure. Mm. What's the most audacious thing you've ever done? I don't know if you can top elbowing your way into Oprah's school, but is there anything else? That will have to be it because <laughs> you can you can use that. You can use that. That was a great a great anecdote. Well, that was in twenty seventeen, so now I have to step it up because because the last audacious thing I've done can't be three years ago. So. <laughs> what commitment are you going to make to yourself for this coming week? Hmm. So I really want to commit to just reading this week. Like I need to really just sit and read a book and just get off my laptop and my phone and stop focusing on the digital world and just reconnect with learning and reading and not always consuming all the time. Totally feel that. I've been working more doing my podcast than I do in my normal job. And like Wednesday night, I was... I did a interview with um, a woman in Australia. So I was on recording till like 1am. And wow. then yesterday was the first day I just 
no work in whatever capacity that looks like and went out with my partner and like even though we live together we just actually spent time together and like looked at each other rather than just high-fiving in the corridor kind of thing (laughs) um okay when was the last time you felt fearful and how did you handle it oh I would say in March uh, when you know I was getting cancellation email after cancellation email because I was living off my savings in January, February, and in March, and I had said to myself, my goal is that by April, confident and killing it is making enough money that means I don't have to keep pulling out from my savings, and I was on track to reach that goal. But then when I started getting cancellation email after cancellation email, I was like, this is it. I'm done. My business is over. I'm a failure. That's the end. You know, and I just saw a flat line in my head, no growth, no nothing. Um, And the way I had to get over that was to first articulate what I was feeling and to acknowledge it. And then I focused on the outcome that I wanted. So I redrew the graph and I drew it going up so you could see the growth because that is what I wanted. So I learned how to reframe my fears by instead of rehearsing failure, rehearse the outcome that I actually want. And then it loads of growth so I was like fantastic (laughs) girl okay last question where is your happy place my happy place is in sunshine surrounded by nature and I don't mean like in the woods type of nature I mean like really exotic nature like palm tree (laughs) pool I'm not like a hiking type of girl I'm more of like a in paradise type of girl (laughs) so yeah so in nature surrounded by beautiful flowers and plants and most likely with a margarita a frozen that's a great image to end on thank you so much thanks for your time and all of your positive energy and everything you're spreading I feel like we need it now more than ever and I for one am definitely cheering you on and I can't wait to see what's next in store for you and for confident and killing it thank you so much and i absolutely love your mission and i'm i'm super excited that we've connected now is tia not absolutely sensational i found that conversation just so nourishing if you guys enjoyed it as well please kindly rate and review and if you can subscribe as well then you'll know when the next episode is out Also, why not send an episode to a friend? Give them a nice refreshing hour of positivity. And final, final ask, come give me a follow at Hanjamran on Instagram. It'll enable us to continue having a conversation. I don't want to just be talking at you. So yeah, come join in and I will talk to you next week. Have a good one. And remember, don't stop fighting the good fights. 